Welcome to You News, the podcast using the power of Univision to bring the news that matters to you in English. Today is March 12th. I'm Andrea Linares. These are today's headlines. The coronavirus is now a global pandemic. Around the world, more than 126,000 people have been infected. And here in the U.S., the number of cases has jumped to more than 1,200 as communities take aggressive action to control the outbreak. The White House also taking unprecedented steps to respond to COVID-19. Travel from 26 European countries will be canceled for the next 30 days, but that decision and a major address by President Trump sparking confusion. And in Mexico, a subway collision killed one person and injured dozens. Now employees are sounding the alarms about crumbling infrastructure. This and much more today on U News, transmitting live from our newsroom in Miami. There are a lot of new developments regarding the coronavirus, travel restrictions and warnings, events being canceled and infections being reported among sports and Hollywood personalities. We will cover all the angles, but first let's go to Lorraine Caceres, who has an overview of the situation in the U.S. right now. In China, the end of the coronavirus is near. Officials discussing the easing of restrictions after the last patients being treated have started to go home. Many celebrating freedom, stepping out of their homes for the first time in nearly 50 days. Meanwhile, for the rest of the world, difficult weeks ahead. The World Health Organization officially declaring a pandemic. Today, the U.S. waking up to a new reality. Bottom line, it's going to get worse. Top health officials briefing Congress on Wednesday saying the disease will keep spreading and Americans need to take it more seriously. It is 10 times more lethal than the seasonal flu. At least 44 states, including the District of Columbia, with confirmed cases. What you might think of as an infectious disease equivalent of a major earthquake that's going to shake us for weeks and weeks. This Massachusetts hospital in Norwood near Boston set up new tents outside its emergency room doors, awaiting new cases for potential future testing. In Washington state, with one of the biggest clusters of infections so far, hundreds of public schools are now closed, leaving parents scrambling. While the impact isn't fully known, this is the best decision we can make based on public health guidance and to mitigate future risks to our students, families and communities. California health officials issuing a new policy saying large gatherings that include 250 people or more should be postponed or canceled and that smaller gatherings that do not allow social distancing of six feet per person should do the same. In New York, the stock market plunging again for the second time this week. The Dow now officially in a bear market and stores looking like this, bare shelves. Businesses around the country are worried about their bottom lines. It takes longer than what it's supposed to. I don't know. Maybe talk to the landlord. Tennessee is the latest state to declare a state of emergency. Oregon, like California and Washington, is also canceling events of more than 250 people. We're also learning a patient in Georgia has just died, bringing the total number of deaths in the U.S. to 39. Back to you, Andrea. Such sad news. Thanks so much, Lorraine. As we now face a global pandemic, the White House has taken additional steps to help combat this outbreak. Most travel from Europe will now be suspended. The order goes into effect as soon as tomorrow. This In an Oval Office address to the nation, President Trump promising what he called tough but necessary action to combat the coronavirus. To keep new cases from entering our shores, 
We will be suspending all travel from Europe to the United States for the next 30 days. The new restrictions bar most foreign nationals coming from 26 European countries beginning Friday at midnight. According to the Department of Homeland Security, the ban covers the Schengen passport-free zone, which includes Austria, Belgium, Italy, Greece, Germany, Spain, France, Switzerland, among others. Britain and Ireland are not covered by the ban. The ban does not apply to U.S. citizens returning home, nor to foreign nationals who are legal permanent residents of the U.S. Also exempted are foreign nationals who are married to U.S. citizens or legal permanent residents, parents or guardians of U.S. citizens, brothers and sisters of U.S. citizens providing both are unmarried and under 21, and children or foster children of U.S. citizens. And these prohibitions will not only apply to the tremendous amount of trade and cargo, but various other things as we get approval. This sparked confusion. The president later took to Twitter to clarify that the restriction stops people, not goods. The president also saying he will soon be taking emergency action to provide financial relief for working Americans who fall ill, get quarantined or have to take care of anyone infected by the coronavirus. Effective immediately, the SBA will begin providing economic loans in affected states and territories. I will be instructing the Treasury Department to defer tax payments without interest or penalties for certain individuals and businesses negatively impacted. Finally, I am calling on Congress to provide Americans with immediate payroll tax relief. The commander-in-chief setting the tone in his 10-minute address from the very beginning, saying the outbreak began overseas and calling it a foreign virus. The European Union failed to take the same precautions and restrict travel from China and other hotspots. As a result, a large number of new clusters in the United States were seeded by travelers from Europe. But European leaders say they disapprove of Trump's decision, calling it a global crisis not limited to any continent. Meanwhile, the president striking a softer tone and asking nursing homes to suspend all medically unnecessary visits. The elderly population must be very, very careful. But later getting backlash from Democrats for not addressing issues with the virus. And, you know, I think he's missing the mark once again. It was less than two weeks ago that this administration promised that there would be either one million test kits or one million people tested. We're nowhere near that. And this is another piece of information that we know at this time. A Brazilian official who met with President Trump last weekend at Mar-a-Lago has tested positive for coronavirus. He's a press secretary for Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro. Bolsonaro is also being tested. Those results aren't in yet. President Trump and Bolsonaro shook hands during that visit. Trump says he's not concerned. And we're also learning at this time that Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is self-quarantining after his wife began experiencing some symptoms. She is awaiting test results. Meantime, Congress is shutting the Capitol and all House and Senate office buildings to the public until April. Lawmakers, aides, journalists and official visitors will be allowed into these buildings. The House is also expected to vote today on a package of measures to address the coronavirus despite pushback from the top House Republican that the bill comes up short. Take a listen to House Speaker Nancy Pelosi earlier this morning.
we're ready with our legislation. The only thing is we have Congressional Budget Office, uh, Legislative Council that has to, uh, uh, to speak to that. We, don't, we can only support an initiative that puts families first and not trickle down solutions that help appear that eventually have a collateral benefit down here. The White House Republicans and the Speaker's office have been working together on this package. As consumers rush to the stores to purchase hand sanitizer and disinfecting wipes, stores are beginning to ration these products. Many stores, including Target and Walmart, are placing limits on the sale of these items. Target says it is limiting customers to six containers of wipes and hand sanitizers per person. And Walmart is telling store managers to manage their inventory to limit items that are in unusually high demand. Experts say the rationing and limits should have started earlier to prevent price gouging and hoarding. COVID-19 also hitting the newsroom. CBS News had to close its New York City offices after two employees tested positive for the virus. One employee works in the main CBS broadcast center and the other is in the office for 60 minutes. Both will need to self-quarantine at home. Other employees are now being asked to work remotely until the offices are cleaned and disinfected. CBS News Productions will be originating from other locations over the next few days. Princess Cruises announced it's voluntarily pausing operations of its 18 cruise ships for two months. It says it's a proactive response to the coronavirus pandemic and being done out of an abundance of caution. It applies to voyages set to leave March 17th to May 10th. Guests can transfer all the money they paid to a future cruise and will get a cruise credit for fare or onboard expenses. So far, there have been coronavirus outbreaks on two of its cruise ships, the Diamond Princess and the Grand Princess. The coronavirus also means rough seas for the cruise industry in general. The State Department over the weekend warned all U.S. citizens, especially those with underlying health conditions, against cruise travel. Such warnings, combined with travelers' fears, are harming one of South Florida's largest industries. A Norwegian cruise line employee in South Florida allegedly telling the New Times that managers have asked sales staff to lie to customers about COVID-19 to protect the company's bookings. Norwegian hasn't issued a response. And now moving on. A Guatemalan family is devastated after a young Guatemalan woman became the latest national from the Central American nation to die in ICE custody. Gianni Aponte has more on how that family is coping with the tragedy. Roselia, the mother of 23-year-old Celeste Ochoa, cannot believe that her daughter is no longer with her. I remember everything about my daughter. I have pictures from her when she was little, right there. Roselia and her son Rafael claim that Celeste was in perfect health. They explain that she went to request asylum in the United States in September to escape domestic abuse. Border Patrol caught her entering the U.S. soil without documents. It hurts us, the way they are dying, that they are not receiving medical help. But when they are already dying, we want the government of Guatemala to pay attention so that there's justice. Rafael maintains that they are not clear about the cause of Celeste's death. There are a lot of things that are being speculated about, that she died because of her liver, that her gallbladder was operated on. There are a lot of things that we as a family want to clarify, and at the moment we really don't know what she died from. 
Family and friends suspect that Celeste was a victim of medical negligence. Let them stop harming migrants because they leave because they're in need. They shouldn't be displeased. They should have a good heart. It hurts us a lot the way she died. We couldn't help her. We couldn't give her a pill, some water. I don't know what happened. That's what hurts the most, not to have had her with us. Roselia asked the American authorities to clarify what really happened to her daughter. Where my daughter was, she was in the hands of the immigration authorities. They should send her body. I don't want her to stay there, and I don't have any money to bring her either. Celeste died while in immigration and customs enforcement custody in Texas. Reported by Erika Porras, this is Gianni Aponte for U News. A young boy in the Los Angeles Unified School District was killed in a horrible accident that occurred while he was walking to school. A driver ran over that boy and the whole incident was caught on security video. Salvador Duran has more on what happened. The video is painful for any parent to watch. It shows a 12-year-old student legally crossing the street on the crosswalk in Los Angeles when unexpectedly a car making a left turn slams into him. We stop the video here because what follows next is the red SUV running him over and killing him instantly. Kenny Hernandez is the grieving mother dealing with the sudden death of her son, Abraham Trejo. Mrs. Hernandez told us in Spanish that when she saw what was happening, she had a bad gut feeling and kept telling herself, please don't let it be my son. The driver of the car that hit Abraham stopped and got off her vehicle. She had just dropped off her own children at school. She told police officers at the scene that she didn't see the young boy crossing the street. The detective said they questioned the driver and asked if she was on the phone at the time of the accident. She told them she wasn't, but they still kept her cell phone as evidence to submit it for analysis. When Mrs. Hernandez began to ask if it was her son, she says that she was surrounded by other people and the police officers. Eventually, they asked her to recognize his backpack. A GoFundMe account has been established for her family. LAPD detectives will turn the case over to the district attorney's office, who will determine whether the driver of the vehicle will face criminal charges. In Los Angeles, I'm Salvador Duran, U News. More of U News after this short break. Imagine a daily newscast that speaks to you about your world in plain English. Each weekday, we partner with Hispanic America's most trusted news source to bring you the stories from home and abroad that matter to you. They don't know when they're going to be able to go back to work. Victims also from Mexico and this mass shooting. Officials in and out of the residence. We're going to continue fighting. U News covers the news of your world and makes it easy to understand. U News, your world, U News on Fusion. Welcome back to U News. Now back to that growing coronavirus outbreak and specifically its economic impact on employees forced to self-quarantine or just stay home. Many are wondering how will they pay their bills and stay afloat during these rough times. Elizabeth Tippett joins us now to discuss. She's an associate professor at the University of Oregon School of Law. 
Professor Tippett, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. So many people in this country have their medical insurance provided through their employer, but what will happen to those hourly or part-time workers who get sick or have to stay home to then care for relatives? Um, the first thing workers should do is check to see if their company has a sick leave policy. And many employers are, are starting to roll those out if they don't have them yet. And if you have a sick leave policy, check whether it covers things like uh, a school closure of your child or taking care of a sick relative. You mentioned school closures. Well, many schools nationwide have already shut down temporarily, forcing many parents to then stay home to care for them. Can they use sick days or a sick leave during that time? Well, again, you'll want to check the company's policy. If it doesn't cover things like school closures, what you'll then want to do is see if you have any vacation balance saved up. And if you don't have vacation either, the next thing to do is to talk to your employer about what they can do. So, for example, some employers might unofficially provide what is known as a negative sick leave balance or vacation balance. And what happens is you're essentially borrowing from your future sick leave or your future vacation. So you still get paid, but you won't be getting vacation, you know, later on. Um, if that doesn't work, the next best option is unpaid leave. Congress is also trying to come up with additional support for workers, and they're voting on that later today. Um, but they'll still need to work with President Trump to get him to ultimately sign off on the bill. Let's just say the company has not implemented, let's say, a certain protocol as to what they want their employees to do. Can people then just stay home if they're concerned about catching the coronavirus from another coworker and just work from there? I mean, the biggest thing that workers need to do is communicate with your employer, because the last thing you want to do is to be absent from work without a proper authorization and then to lose your job. So if you need to be absent from work, tell them you need an unpaid leave of absence is that if that is all they will offer. Um, another policy to check is the telecommuting policy to see if your job is the type of job that they'll let you do remotely. What measures or additional measures do you think the federal government needs to take in order to protect workers at this time? I do think we need to have a national sick leave um, mandate where employers are required to provide a certain amount of sick leave. Um, and I do like what Congress is proposing where if, if workers run out of sick leave after two weeks under a new mandate, Congress will provide some form of wage replacement for those workers so that they're not completely unable to pay their bills if they're stuck at home with a child whose school has closed. Well, thank you so much, Elizabeth Tippett, Associate Professor at the University of Oregon School of Law. Please take care. Thank you for providing that information for us. Thank you. Violent clashes between students and police marked the second anniversary of Sebastián Piñera's Chilean presidency on Wednesday. Demonstrators in the capital, Santiago, called for Piñera's resignation as he faces his lowest approval rating of just 6 percent. Chileans also commemorated the South American country's return to democracy 30 years ago. Piñera said he would not quit the presidency until he finishes his term in March of 2022. 
Colombian President Ivan Duque said that the annual assembly of the Inter-American Development Bank, which was scheduled for next week in Barranquilla, has now been postponed until September due to the coronavirus. Duque announced his decision in a news conference in Mexico City after meeting with President Andrés Manuel López Obrador. Dozens of Cuban artists from across the political spectrum are calling for the release of dissident performance artist and sculptor Luis Manuel Otero Alcántara, who was arrested 10 days ago. The 32-year-old, who is known for his provocative performances, criticizing communist authorities, has been put in preventive prison, awaiting trial on charges of desecrating patriotic symbols and damaging property. The charge of desecrating patriotic symbols comes after a performance last year in which the artist draped himself in the Cuban flag for a month, including when he went to the bathroom. A subway collision in Mexico City killed one person and injured dozens of others. The scenes were chaotic, with some speculating that it could have been much worse if it had occurred at a busier hour. Nidia Cavazos has the details and reaction from passengers. Minutes before midnight, a Mexico City subway accidentally reversed into another parked train. Passengers jumped into action, breaking windows to rescue the injured. It went backwards slowly. Slowly. It picked up speed until it hit the other one. I grabbed the seat, and when I grabbed it, the train hit the other one. Authorities reported that the train moved without the operator being able to stop it and crashed while moving at 45 miles per hour. One person died and 41 others were injured. Most of those injured have been released and only four remain hospitalized. The city of Mexico's prosecutor's office opened the case and will be assisted by the government of the city and an international expert. Passengers recorded the moments of panic. People can be seen lying on the floor and security personnel are seen helping those who were trapped. The stations are closed and passengers are even taken in police cars to other subway stations. I'm very afraid to get on the subway now because of what happened and what we saw. I'm very afraid. Authorities acknowledged that the trains were not in optimal condition, but they had been maintained. One subway worker posted an angry message on social media saying they have no spare parts or resources to repair the trains. Fortunately, this happened at a time when there were few customers. If it had happened at 7 in the morning at that same station, we would be talking about a catastrophe. Back in 2015, a similar accident occurred when a train hit another parked train, injuring 12 people. This worker says it is very easy to understand what happened. You don't need to wait for the investigation. It's called corruption. It's the only thing that's killing the subway. Reported by Alejandro Madrigal in Mexico City, this is Nidia Cavazos for U News. Thanks for listening to You News, the podcast. Don't forget to follow You News on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review. And join us tomorrow for a new episode. Until then.